Episode 15 is another deep dive into a legend, this time from the West Coast. Eric Lynn Wright, better known as Eazy-E, was a rapper, record producer, and entrepreneur who gained prominence for his work in NWA, where he has been credited for pushing the boundaries of lyrical and visual content in mainstream popular music. As the middle-class demographic fled the area in the wake of the 1965 Watts riots, crime began to rise. During the 1970s, Compton was a spark plug area between the Crips and the Bloods, a burgeoning drug trade, and a police force whose approach to crime was draconian to say the least. By 1990, Compton's murder rate was ridiculously high, 91 homicides per 100,000 residents. Eric Wright was born to Richard and Kathy Wright on September 7, 1964 in Compton, California, several months before the Watts riot. His father was a postal worker and his mother was a grade school administrator. Wright dropped out of high school in the 10th grade, but later received his GED. Wright supported himself primarily by selling drugs, introduced to the trade by his cousin. But by 1986, at the age of 22, Wright had allegedly earned as much as $250,000 from drug dealing. However, after his cousin was shot and killed, he decided that he could make a better living in the hip-hop scene. He started recording songs during the mid to late 80s in his parents' garage. The original idea for Ruthless Records came when Wright asked Jerry Heller, who before working with Easy and other hip-hop artists was a manager for rock groups, to go into business with him. Wright suggested a half ownership in the company, but it was later decided that Wright would get 80% of the company's income and Heller would only get 20%. According to Heller, he told Wright, every dollar comes into Ruthless, I take 20 cents. That's the industry standard for a manager of my caliber. I take 20, you take the 80%. I'm responsible for my expenses and you're responsible for yours. You own the company, I work for you. Along with Heller, Wright invested much of his money into Ruthless Records. Heller claims that he invested the first $250,000 and would eventually put up to a million dollars into the company. NWA's original lineup consisted of The Arabian Prince, Dr. Dre, Easy e and Ice Cube. DJ Yella and MC Ren joined later. The compilation album NWA and the Posse was released November 6, 1987 and would go on to be certified gold in the United States. The album featured material previously released as singles on the McCola Records label, which was responsible for distributing the releases by NWA and other artists like Philip Fresh Crew, a West Coast rap group originally based in Dallas, Texas. August 8, 1988, NWA released their debut album, Straight Outta Comp. Production from the album was handled by Dre and Yella, with Cube, Easy, and C-Ren and Dre rapping on multiple songs, and Arabian Prince, the DOC, and Yella each rapping on one track. The album and single Fuck the Police led them to acquire the world's most dangerous group moniker. The song drew displeasure from the FBI and Secret Service with them sending letters to Ruthless Records CEO voicing their opinion. Wright's only solo in the album was a remix of the song 8-Ball which originally appeared on NWA in the Posse. The album featured Wright performing on seven songs and helping Wright four. The success of Straight Outta Compton brought a lot of eyes from outside of hip-hop. The album would go on to be certified triple platinum. Quickly following this release, Easy es debut album Easy Does It was released on September 16, 1988 and featured 12 tracks. It was labeled as West Coast Hip-Hop Gangster Rap and later it sold over 2.5 million copies in the United States and reached number 41 on the Billboard 200. The album was produced by Dr. Dre and DJ Yella and largely written by MC Ren, Ice Cube, and the DOC. Ice Cube left NWA in 1989 because of an internal dispute which we cover in episode 7. The group continued as the four remaining group members releasing a 100 Miles and Running in 1990 and For Life in 1991. Wright performed on seven of the 18 songs on For Life and in March 1991 Wright accepted an invitation to a lunch benefiting the Republican Senatorial Inner Circle hosted by then U.S. President George H.W. Bush. A spokesman for the rapper said that Eazy-E supported Bush because of his performance in the Persian Gulf War. NWA began to split after Jerry Heller began creating a divide. Dr. Dre recalls the split came when Jerry Heller got involved. He played the divide and conquer game. Instead of taking care of 
everybody. He picked one to take care of, and that was Easy. And Easy was like, I'm taken care of, so fuck it. Dre and the DOC sent Suge Knight to look into Easy es financial situation as they began to grow suspicious of Easy e and Jerry Heller. Dre and the DOC asked Easy e to release them from Ruthless, but Easy refused, which led to what reportedly transpired between Suge Knight and Easy e at a recording studio where For Life was recorded. After he refused to release Dr. Dre and the DOC, Suge Knight told Easy that he had kidnapped Jerry Heller and was holding him prisoner in a van. This did not convince Easy to release Dre and DOC from Ruthless. And then Suge Knight threatened Easy's family. Suge Knight gave Easy a piece of paper that contained Easy's mother's address telling him, I know where your mom stays. Easy e finally signed Dre and DOC's release, officially ending NWA. The feud with Dre continued after a track on Dre's debut album, The Chronic, Fuck With Dre Day and Everybody Celebrating, contained lyrics that insulted Easy e Easy e responded with the EP, It's On, 187'em, Killer, featuring the tracks Real Motherfucking G's and It's On. The album, which was released October 25th, 1993, contains pictures of Dre wearing lacy outfits and makeup when he was a member of the world-class wrecking crew. We're going to take a short ad break here and get right back to the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you for listening to that ad. Now back to the show. Wright had a son, Eric Darnell Wright, known as Little Easy E in 1984. He also had a daughter named Erin. Wright met Tamika Woods at a Los Angeles nightclub in 1991, and they married in 1995, just 12 days before his death. They had a son named Dominique and a daughter named Deja, born six months after Wright's death. After Wright's death, Ruthless was taken over by his wife. According to Jerry Heller, Wright had 11 children with eight different women. As early as 1994, Easy had begun to experience the symptoms of an apparent bout of asthma. It wasn't until February 24, 1995, when Wright was admitted to Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles with a violent cough, and there he was diagnosed with HIV-AIDS. He announced his illness in a public statement March 16, 1995. It was believed Wright contracted the infection from a sexual partner. During that week of March 20th, having already made amends with Ice Cube, he drafted a final message to his fans, and on March 26, 1995, Eazy-E died from complications of AIDS one month after his diagnosis. He was 30 years old. His final resting place is at Rose Hills Memorial Park in California. Over 3,000 people attended his funeral, including Jerry Heller and DJ Yella. He was buried in a gold casket with his Compton hat. On January 30th, 1996, 10 months after Easy's death, his final album, Straight Off the Streets of Motherfucking Compton, was released. According to his son, Little Easy E, Easy E was worth an estimated $50 million at the time of his death. Many conspiracies surrounded the diagnosis and eventual death of Eric. Just who gave him the deadly disease has been the talk of many family, friends, and colleagues of Easy. Suge has hinted at injecting Easy with AIDS, as well as conspiracies of his wife, Tomika, and Jerry Heller himself but none of these have had any validity. Several members of NWA wrote lyrics for Easy Does It, Ice Cube, The DOC, and MC Ren. The EP 5150, Home for the Sick, features a song written by Naughty by Nature. Easy E has been called the godfather of gangster rap. Easy was a rap pioneer and a legend, as well as one of the most controversial figures in music. Since his death in 1995, many books and biographies have been produced. When Easy was diagnosed with AIDS, many magazines like Jet, Vibe, Billboard, and Newsweek covered the story and released information 
information on the topic. All of his studio albums and EPs charted on Billboard 200, and many of his singles, Easy Does It, We Want Easy, Real Motherfucking G's, and Just To Let You Know, also charted in the US. In 2012, an Easy e documentary was released by Ruthless Propaganda called Ruthless Memories. The documentary featured interviews from Jerry Heller, MC Ren, and BG Knockout. In the 2015 film Straight Outta Compton, Easy e is played by Jason Mitchell, and the film is dedicated in his memory. Now, let's go for Easy es discography. First was N.W.A. and the Posse, released November 6, 1987. Then, Straight Outta Compton, the studio album, released August 8, 1988. Then his debut solo album, Easy does it, released September 13, 1988. Then, 100 Miles and Running, released August 14, 1990. Then we have For Life, released May 28, 1991. Then, 5150, Home for the Sick, released December 28, 1992. It's on 187M Killer, released October 19, 1993. Eternal E, released November 28, 1995. The Greatest Hits album, released July 2, 1996. Straight Off the Streets of Motherfucking Compton, January 30, 1996. The N.W.A. Legacy, Volume 1, from 1988 to 1998, released March 23, 1999. Impact of a Legend, released March 26, 2002. The N.W.A. Legacy, Volume 2, released August 2, 2002. The Best of N.W.A., The Strength of Street Knowledge, released December 22, 2006. Featuring Eazy-E, released December 4, 2007. N.W.A. and Their Family Tree, released in 2008. The Tri-Pack, released in 2010. Icon, released June 3, 2014. Merry Motherfucking Christmas, released December 4th, 2015. Eazy-E revolutionized the hip-hop industry as a whole. The mark he left on the West Coast was massive. Owning his own label in the late 80s was historic. Eazy has talked about still to this day from his impact on gangster rap and owning your own masters and label. So from this hip-hop fan, thank you for your impact and leading contribution to the culture. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hip-Hop History. Please like and subscribe and leave a review if possible. Thank you.